This morning we turn in John's Gospel to hear one of the times that the risen, the risen Christ appeared to his disciples. He appeared to them a couple of times. This time he is beside the sea, the Sea of Galilee, that lake. They are out in the boat and Jesus is on the shore. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew, they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So do we tell Easter stories? We all have Christmas stories we tell, right? The year the tree fell over, or the lights didn't work, or the Tags on the packages got all mixed up. But I don't know if we tell Easter stories. The gospel writers are telling these Easter stories, the appearance of the risen Lord to his disciples. Now, when I was a kid, when I was little, we went to church every Sunday. It began with the car in the driveway, my sisters on either side of me in the back seat, my dad up front, and my mother missing. And my dad would wait a few moments, then honk, he would honk the horn. There'd be another pause, then honk, honk the horn again. My mother would finally come out. Now my dad was an usher, like his father before him. And Brooks's arrive anywhere from half an hour to an hour early normally. But when you're an usher, you gotta, I mean, there's carnations you gotta deal with. There's a lot you have to deal with. So he sat there honking the horn and my mother would come out and he would say, we're gonna be late. Well, if I didn't have to get everyone else ready before I got myself ready, my mother would say. And then I had to put my face on. And we attended a church back then where mink stoles and even some mink coats were pretty common. But we were not mink stole people. So my mother had this dead animal that went around her neck. <laughs> and the mouth was biting the tail. And behind us just were these feet hanging. <laughs> I can remember an Easter that was like this spring. It kept snowing and snowing. Well, this Easter it snowed like six inches. And we were already late. The horn was honking in the driveway and my mother came down. And then we could not take the back way, the shortcut to the church. Because of the snow, we had to stay on the four lane, which is Route 51, the same 51 here, except way south in Pittsburgh. And then we would get off of 51, and on that Easter morning in the snow, we were behind what my dad, my dad called a hot shot in a Camaro, and the Camaro could not make it up the hill. And my dad's faith was tested, and my mother says, if you swear at him, you might as well not even go to church. <laughs> Do we tell Easter stories? I can remember the Easter one of our baskets was hid in the oven. We couldn't find it for hours. 
but my sisters and I, so I, we got better at finding them. So then a few years later, it was hid in the dryer downstairs in the basement. When my, our girls were little, they had little stuffed animals that you would squeeze and, and one would say, somebody loves you. And then we have two chicks that when you squeeze them would go, happy Easter. And there's two of them. So you could put them on either side of your ears and get this echo effect, which I would do to myself and to everybody else that visited. Well, our girls are 27 and 28. So those stuffed animals that we still have, you know, as the parents. The ribbons are a little frayed. One has some kind of necklace our oldest daughter created to put around it, but they weren't working. You squeezed them and they went, (laughs) and that bothered me. So this year I opened them up and took out the voice boxes and I got new batteries and I did some tinkering on the one and scraping out some of that stuff that corrodes batteries and I got them to work. And after I got them to work, I made a video on my phone and I sent it to our daughters and they said, that's nice, dad. Because <laughs> that's, that's always what they say to dad. They're very polite. You know, our, our daughters don't need those stuffed animals to speak. They're, they're moved on with their life. But, but Dad, I needed them to speak again. You know, there's something about life that it just, it just goes on. You know, there's these moments we have, but they, they never last. They never stay, and life just flows like a river, and, and we remember. And, and sometimes when we're older, we try to recapture them by putting new batteries in them, but we really can't. I thought of that when reading this story of Jesus and his disciples. Here at the lake, here at the Sea of Galilee, where, where Jesus first called his disciples, come follow me. Here where they had walked from town to town, where they had had eaten, and here where he had fed 5,000 people on a hill, here, here along the sea. I picture the risen Christ and the disciples coming together, but it's, it's, it's not the same. It, it, they know it's not the same, but, but yet in this moment, they, they get to to share, share breakfast, share the simplest meal of the day. There beside the, the lake with the sun just coming up and the sun glint, glinting off the, the waves, the ripples of the lake and, and the smoke of the fire rising up, the smell of the fresh fish being cooked. There, the risen Christ, who's the same but, but not the same. Jesus, who has already conquered death, conquered the grave, the the victorious Jesus, who's already about the business of redeeming the whole world. Life has gone on for him. The disciples that are there in the same place, but they're not the same people. The disciples wondering what's next for them, what's what's coming next. There it's the same, but it's, it's different. And there Jesus says, come, come have breakfast. That's just an amazing thing. I don't know if Jesus needed to 
to recapture those times with his disciples. Like, like I needed the stuffed animals to talk again, just to, just to reminisce and remember. Or maybe he needed the disciples to know that even though everything had changed, he still loved them the same. He still loved them just the same. It's amazing that he says, come, come bring the fish. And it's amazing that it's Peter. Now, Peter was always impulsive, but this is a different Peter. This isn't the Peter that, that sometimes got the right answer. No, this is the Peter that on the night Jesus was arrested, not only ran away, but denied him three times. Maybe Peter's impulsive this time because he's trying to, trying to make amends, trying to overdo it. He grabs the whole net himself, 153 large fish, and hauls it in and the net doesn't tear. This Peter, Jesus says to him, come, bring the fish. I love that because that's the kind of Jesus I need. Jesus that says, come, bring your life. Bring your fish, even if they smell a little bit. Bring your worries about the future, your anxieties. Bring your hurts. Come, bring the fish you just caught. Bring your struggles and, and trials. Bring your excitement over your children and grandchildren. Bring your love. Come, bring the fish you just caught. And Peter, Peter, this one with really at this moment a broken relationship with Jesus, jumps in and grabs the net and hauls it to Jesus. And Jesus says, come, come have breakfast there beside the sea. Come have breakfast. The risen Christ, already about the business of redeeming the whole world, already going a different direction from the disciples, says, come and have breakfast because I still love you. I still love you. The disciples all wondering what is coming next. What will tomorrow hold for us here in this moment get to connect with Jesus. Come and have breakfast.